0: Hello, and welcome to The Creatives Project, where we talk about all things photography, as well as art and design, travel, and just life. Let's jump in. Hello, hello, welcome back to The Creatives Project. First off, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has listened and supported the pod so far. It's just been so amazing to see the photography community and the art community and just my friends find the podcast and message me on Instagram or text me that they've listened. It's been like a big summer long project and to finally see this launching in the fall is pretty crazy. So I'm just glad y'all are enjoying so far. I'm definitely enjoying making these episodes. Podcasting is a super new thing for me. So I'm just learning alongside y'all listening. So yeah, I really do appreciate all the kind words and support. So let's dive into today's episode. We're introducing our first guest on the podcast, Liliana, or at nycha.studio on Instagram. She's a wonderfully talented multidisciplinary artist who has a background in industrial design, and her work centers around uplifting women of color and challenging Eurocentric beauty standards. She's currently a full time freelancer working in New York. And she does a myriad of cool things. She's a digital illustrator, she paints murals, she tufts rugs, and more. So let's just get into the conversation. Hello Liliana, welcome to the podcast. First, introduce yourself and what type of creative work do you do?
1: Cool. Thank you. So like you said, my name is Liliana. I'm an artist, illustrator, designer. I'm a very curious person, so I do a bunch of random stuff, I guess. Currently, I mostly focus on digital portrait illustration, and then sometimes that translates into murals, um, or like book illustration, and I also do tufted work, and I also host tufting workshops. And then my background is in industrial design, so sometimes... I do that also <laughs> amazing.
0: It's so cool to hear an artist who does so many different things, like how did you first get started, I guess in industrial design, were you always like a very artistic person growing up, and then how did you decide to pursue that in college and then beyond?
1: yeah, so I always was drawn to art and making things growing up. um both of my parents are engineers, so it was really like pushed on me that like like a creative career wasn't really possible. Um, So I went into college kind of knowing that I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was like, oh, maybe I'll try taking some like engineering prereqs. And I hated them. And I happened to meet a senior my freshman year who was like, you should check out the design program. And I was like, our school has a design program. (laughs) And then I remember walking into the building and I was like, yes, like this is where I want to be. And industrial design felt kind of like the perfect mix of, like, like science or engineering and, like, creativity. And I loved the idea that I would be able to, like, create things that people get to use, like, in their everyday lives or, like, are actually, like, out in the world.
0: So after college, did you move to New York right away? Or how was your path here?
1: Yeah, so, like, it's kind of cliche, but I, like, always wanted to move to New York City. Same, Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a creative mecca so i was like i as a creative like i have to like live here um and so i remember senior year i was like applying to jobs internships and i was trying to like only really look in new york and i ended up getting an internship offer like two weeks before graduation And so I graduated, and then the week later, I was, like, living in New York. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's how Straight pipeline. I love it. I was, like, on Facebook Marketplace, like, trying to find an apartment. Um, But, yeah, I ended up working out.
0: Amazing. So when you moved here, how was that process for you? Like, you said you're working at an internship. Um, Like, how did that pan out? Were you just exploring all your different artistic
1: interests at that time? So... When I moved to New York, I was like, oh my God, like all my dreams have like come true. Like I got an industrial design internship and like I'm making like I have my first job. I'm in New York. And I think I got really lucky with the internship that I got. It was for a company called Very Great, which is a startup brand platform. So there were three different startups different industries under the same office and then one creative team that kind of like did everything for them. So like website, graphic design, packaging, product design, which is what I was doing. So I got to work on stuff for like Wild One, which is is a dog like product company. I got to work on stuff for W&P, which is more like food and beverage, like kitchen type stuff. And then also Courant, which is like luxury wireless charging devices, which was more like tech. So that was, it was just like a really great, like environment to be in and my bosses were like great as well I feel like I learned a lot so yeah I ended up getting laid off when COVID hit oh, so that's oh where like gosh. everything kind of <laughs> yeah changed yeah but. I feel like a
0: pandemic definitely shifted like so many creatives mindset for you I guess getting laid off from that position how did that shape your next career move slash artistic vision for what you were creating
1: yeah, so my original, like, life plan <laughs> was I'm gonna move to New York, like, work as an industrial designer for five years, then, like, maybe go to grad school, and then, like, eventually open my own studio, and then when COVID happened, I was like, oh my god, like, what am I doing, but I kind of decided to take it as, like, a I luckily was able to get on unemployment, so I took it kind of, like, a summer break that I didn't think I would get until I was, like, retired, so I just... I like dove into making art and like just doing a lot of stuff that I wanted to do and like tried things. I ended up downloading TikTok (laughs) (laughs) and um, besides like forcing my roommates to do dances with me, I also came across a tufting video and that's how I got started doing tufting. Oh, through
0: TikTok. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love TikTok. Like you can learn so much stuff on there. But yeah, I saw it and I was like, this is going to be my next hobby. And yeah, I think I also, after I got laid off, I started taking my art like a lot more seriously Mm. and really like getting better. I was trying to make a piece like every day. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: What kind of piece? Like illustratively?
1: Yeah, like I was, I focused a lot on like portraiture of like women of color. So Mm. I was just like doing a lot of that. And I, I like finally did like wheat pasting which I'd been wanting to do um put my art up around my neighborhood um
0: yeah wow so you're quarantining in New York
1: yeah I ended up wow (laughs) where in New York were you um I was in this tiny apartment in Clinton Hill oh my gosh yeah it was the landlords were like kind of weird but they also kind of just like didn't care that much yeah The rent was like fairly cheap and we were close to like Fort Greene Park which was really nice during Mm. lockdown.
0: How is your experience quarantining in New York and like as an artist you're telling me you're experimenting with a lot of different types of art, discovered tufting. Do you feel like without quarantine like how would your mindset have shifted or changed?
1: I don't. I guess that was
0: two different questions. Um, Okay so for the
1: first part like how was quarantine? Um My experience, I think I got really lucky in that I was living with three other roommates that I was like friends with. So I don't think I experienced like too much of like the loneliness. Like being near a park was like super great. It was very strange just to see like New York change. Like I remember going into the city, like around Christmas, like the first winter and it felt like I was in a zombie movie. Like streets were so empty. Like I could have walked down like one of the like big streets in Manhattan and just like no cars like oh my god yeah I was like I can't
0: imagine
1: yeah I literally felt like I was in a zombie movie um Mm. but yeah it was also cool seeing people kind of like come together like like with mutual aid and a lot of like um like of those fridges popped up me and one of my roommates ended up volunteering at like this food pantry nearby and yeah it was that was really cool to see too and then I guess like the buses were free so That was also nice
0: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) we love that free transportation
1: (laughs) yeah and then as far as how my mindset would have been different if covid hadn't happened i'm not entirely sure but i think i definitely wouldn't have been doing my own thing as much i think i got a lot better at art like a lot more quickly Mm -hmm. of course i think i along with probably a lot of people in america like really identified as like like a designer and like um or not that everyone in america thinks they're a designer but like identifying with like your job and like Mm. oh my god i'm 24 and i don't have a job like what am i doing with my life like yeah and really divesting from like having my worth be connected to my productivity Mm. yeah
0: yeah that's (laughs) a huge one I feel like that takes so long to unlearn so yeah yeah. I'm
1: definitely not like perfect now. yeah same (laughs) same but
0: yeah so you're living working in New York you've been freelance for a little over a year now what do you feel like is your favorite and least favorite thing about working as a creative in New York City
1: Yeah so my least favorite thing is how expensive the city is (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think it's gotten more expensive recently Mm. as well just like with groceries and everything but I think my favorite thing is probably just like how much creativity there is in the city like so many people are doing really cool work and there are also I feel like a lot of projects and like people really care about art here which I think is great. Yeah, Yeah
0: for sure. I also wanted to ask you what artists do you feel like inspire your work and what about their work or creative process do you try to emulate in your work or get inspired by?
1: Yeah so there are so many cool artists that I follow on Instagram like I won't be able to mention them all. I will say I guess like my first like favorite artist that I learned about was Gustav Klimt. Like I just love the way he uses patterns and like like the swirls and the way he paints women I think is really nice and then there's an artist called Hilda Palofox I I hope I'm saying her name right but she paints so my work is really focused on like women of color and I really want to show women of color as like beautiful and like powerful and like people with agency and I think a lot of the artists that I like have this kind of like also focus on women so Hers are these kind of like mysterious, like I don't even know how to describe it. Just like look at her work; it's really cool. Um,
0: okay, bet pulling and, it up on Instagram right now. Like, actually, like similar,
1: like Laura Berger, I think is her name. They kind of paint these like it feels like they're almost like monumental sometimes, and then like artists like Shyama Golden. I really like that they add like she adds some like ma- magical creatures. Yeah, her. <laughs>
0: okay, I just pulled up Hilda. Yeah, these are so sick. They're very, like, I don't even know how to describe it either. <laughs> yeah, they're, like,
1: they feel abstract, yeah. but they're, like, not. Yeah. Um,
0: Guys, you just have to look it up. I'll link it <laughs> below, but it's really cool.
1: Yeah, and then Shreema Golden, her, I, I got to see her work in New York before... I think, or maybe during lockdown or before lockdown, something like that, but her work is really cool, and she sometimes uses like digital like animation stuff, like she has screens in with the paintings, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. And then like her handle is I think her name is Mar Figueroa. Um, I think her work is really beautiful too. am I missing anyone? There's so many artists. But... just
0: send me the link after. Yeah. I'll put it in the notes
1: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I think it's really cool.
0: Yeah, I like that you mentioned like the digital aspect of that one artist combining with like I guess physical painting. I feel like you do that too cuz you have like digital designs as well as like painting murals physically. Do you want to talk a little bit about like those two different aspects of design
1: and painting? Yeah, so I also like to add some animations to some of my work. Um let's see. I guess I feel like I learned how to really paint digitally. So I almost feel like, and maybe I could, but I almost feel like I don't know how to paint like physically as much. Untrue. I've seen <laughs> videos of you painting so untrue. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really cool because like when you're working digitally, it's I paint on my iPad. So it's like a pretty small area. like, And then getting to work on murals or like wheat pasting like big, like four foot by five foot, printouts of my work like it's really satisfying and really cool to see because it's just the the large dimension just like makes it feel so much different but yeah like I think that's part of why I really like how Shyama does her like digital and um physical together because like the animated parts of my illustrations you don't get to see very often because it's like how do you show that yeah Yeah, that's so (laughs) interesting
0: I just yeah never have really thought of painting as like you start digitally for some reason I always just imagine you have to start physically and then like transfer it like to the computer or something but yeah that's really cool how did you like decide you wanted to paint physically like how long did you paint digitally before you transferred I guess to a different medium
1: So I guess I did start out like physically, but mostly like drawing and some watercolor and then I got an iPad for college um, and I started like playing around in Procreate on that and then like slowly evolved into like painting like I call it digital oils and then I had wheat pasted this, like, big four-foot by five-foot piece on the side of a building near a cafe. What
0: is the process of wheat pasting, by the (laughs) way? I've just never heard Um, about it.
1: So wheat paste is, like, a type of glue made out of, like, flour and water. And if you ever see those, like, concert posters like on mm. the side of the street like plastered on the wall oh yes yes yeah so you basically like you make this mixture at home and then you add some to the wall and put your like printed piece of paper like on there and then add another layer and then mm. you've wheat pasted and so I had done that on the side of this like cafe, and luckily the owner was like, "Oh, I like it. Like, <laughs> do you want to do a mural in my restaurant?" And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> and so that's how I like started doing the mural, and that was a really cool one. It's in a cafe called La Nyapa, and um, I kind of added my tufted pieces with like painting, with like printed. I printed some figures that I had painted on my iPad onto like vinyl and stuck those up. So it was a very like multimedia piece. But yeah, I guess that's kind of how that happened.
0: Yeah, I love yeah. that. I didn't know that you worked with so many mediums. Could you give like a overview on the mediums that you like best? Like for that type of piece like how did you decide on vinyl and the different mediums that you added is it like you go and like feel it out or have you just worked with all the different types of mediums before and you know kind of visually the textures and like what would work best with the colors
1: yeah so it was cool because the owner kind of like let me decide what to do with the space like I gave him a few concepts and he liked the underwater theme and so I really wanted to have these like mermaid fish like figures um and so I painted those on my iPad so I would have like a lot of detail work and then it would be very difficult to like recreate that onto a wall so I had printed like vinyl stickers before in college and so I was like oh I could like do a vinyl like printout and then for the big like background I guess it's more like a underwater like landscape thing I was like okay yeah I can like use house paint for that And then I wanted the mural to be very, like, fun and, like, touchable. So I made all the, like, sea creatures or sea, like, plants out of tufted acrylic yarn. And then I found this. So I like to go to Canal Plastics to get, like, acrylic or, like, other projects. And they have this really cool, like, like, pearl, like, shimmery plastic thing. Like, it, like, changes in the light kind of. So I was like, ah, oh, that would be, like, great to be the pearls for, like, my mural. So, yeah, that's kind of how that happened.
0: Yeah, I love hearing about your process. That's really cool. You can go to, like, a physical store and, like, pick out the different materials that you need for a project.
1: Totally. I love art stores. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. Okay, shifting gears a bit, we can talk more about your tufting. I know you're teaching a workshop, tell me more, tell me how you got started in tufting, in TikTok, and, like, how has your passion for it grown, I guess, and what kind of projects are you working on now?
1: Yeah, so, like, we've talked about a little bit, I got into tufting through TikTok, and then I had a couple of videos kind of, like, pop off on TikTok, like, three years ago. Yes! <laughs> uh. But, yeah, it was just fun, because it it's a very, like, immediate satisfaction, like, type of medium because you like you do it and then you like see the, the like carpet like texture in the back and you're like oh my god and it just seemed really exciting to be able to kind of create a carpet or like a tufted wall piece in any form that I wanted which usually when you think of carpets like it's very like this is a rectangle and maybe you can like choose different designs but yeah so I just was doing that and I had friends tell me, like, oh, you should do a workshop. Like, you could do a workshop. And I was like, yeah, like, maybe. And then I was like, last I think last summer, I was like, you know what? Let me, like, try it. Yes. Um, and, yeah, now I, I've been doing about a workshop every month at Photodom NYC.
0: I'll have to come to one of your tufting workshops. It's yeah. so cool. The next
1: one's October 29th. Plug it. Yeah, <laughs> October 29th, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. October ninth. <29th. laughs> it's super fun. My friend Virginia, she makes like cocktails that like are included. Um okay so we're getting lit and then making a carpet okay yeah and not too lit just because it is machinery but yeah yeah okay good to know know. yeah yeah, it's very fun
0: (laughs) could you walk us through the process of like tufting like how do you start like how do you get ideas for your carpets and then like what exactly like are the steps of tufting
1: yeah so I feel like my tufted work is fairly different from my digital like illustrations so It's a lot more like abstract and i feel like it's a place where i can play around with like shapes and pattern so i have a little sketchbook that i like draw little compositions in and then when i like one that like especially then so with tufting you have like a wooden frame with um the stuff called carpet tack on it which are these like really pointy spiky strips that keep the cloth in place so you like stretch your your tufting cloth And then I use a projector to like project the design onto the fabric and then I trace that and then I get my tufting gun and like yarn and then tuft it. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: rest is history.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then the finishing process, you like glue the back and then you like add a backing fabric and then you're pretty much done.
0: Okay. Amazing. How long does it take you to tuft a piece, like start to finish?
1: So it really depends on the size and complexity. Like, you could do it anywhere from, like, people that do my workshop, they finish theirs in, like, about four or five hours. And then I do, like, the finishing process just because, like, I don't want people to wait around while their glue dries. Mm. But yeah, I would say usually it takes, like, a day or two. I've made, like, bigger pieces, and those took, like, maybe, like, a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm working on a piece right now that's going to be like four feet by six feet and it's for a magazine cover.
0: Oh, yes. tell us more.
1: <laughs> There's this magazine um, called PMA, which is like, I think stands for Positive Mental Attitude. And they like to highlight like good things that are happening and they're kind of like surf, skate focused as well. When I had a piece, a digital illustrated piece in their magazine like a couple years ago they reached out being like, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a tufted or like a magazine cover that looked like it was tufted. So I've been working on that.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Well, can't wait to see it. Do you know when the issue comes out?
1: Um, I'm not super sure.
0: Okay, but... well, let me know. Let me know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's super cool. Congrats.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, pivoting back to your illustrative work. I saw that you recently designed a book cover. What was that process like? Can you talk about um, how you designed the whole thing and talked to the author. Yeah, just tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, so I think the book cover you're referring to is the one for A Tall Dark Trouble by Vanessa Montalban. That was my first book cover. Um, it was very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, I think it, I had, so I also sell my art at markets. Um, so I sell like art prints and other things. And at one of them, I This art director, she, I guess, liked my work and took my card, and then I heard back from her, like, me, like, half a year later saying, like, she had this book cover that she was working on, and they showed the author my work alongside some other illustrator and some other illustrators, and they decided to go with me as the book cover illustrator. I mostly worked with, like, the art director and the designer, and they gave me... Like a brief on what the book was about and what they had in mind as like kind of like the direction for the book cover so the book is about these two twins with like magical abilities um so they wanted to show them and like swirly hair to show like their magic and stuff like that so yeah it was fairly straightforward i didn't really interact with the author herself um but i got to meet her like the book came out in august and she did a little book tour and one of the stops was in New York so i got to like go hear her talk and, Oh, that's so cool and meet her, meet her so, person yeah, yeah yeah it was really fun yeah
0: did you have like different i guess when you're designing it and like sending it back for people to review was that different from like your usual commissions cuz usually you're just designing your art for yourself like was there like a review process and how was that different from the art that you just print and sell
1: from yourself so they had like a mood board um for me yeah I guess yeah like you were saying when I make art for myself I'm very much the one that's like yeah I think it's done now or like oh it needs like a little more of this and then with that kind of work it's very much directed by them which in some ways was nice because I could like not worry about that part as much yeah it was cool like hearing because they would also show it to the author and then author would have feedback as well so it was cool working with the team instead of like just me Mm, yeah,
0: yeah that's true I feel like sometimes in photography when you're like just by yourself shooting versus like with so many like a stylist makeup artist like they just control more of the vision or you do as a photographer so I feel like it just really depends on like the like push and pull of the team I don't know if you felt that with this project but yeah it's very interesting like being a solo artist like most of the time and then like coming to work with the team some of the time and just seeing, like, how that's different.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was cool because I would, like, try some things and then see what they thought, and they'd be like, okay, maybe try more, like, this kind of stuff. And then, so it was cool to get to, like, experiment a little bit.
0: For sure, yeah. So what is next in your future, Liliana? Tell us more (laughs) about your future projects. What creative plans are brewing?
1: Yeah, so I guess one of the things about freelancing I've found is that I don't always know what's next mm. I kind of just like projects will come and then I'm like oh cool like I guess I'm doing this now so yeah at the moment I just wrapped up a mural for a new restaurant that's opening up in my neighborhood I'm I think I'm still going to be doing some like ongoing like work in their space they have this cool like moss like mat stuff so I'm like gonna be making some design out of that
0: oh out of moss
1: yeah oh, that's it's so like, interesting yeah it's a cool like material to be working with mm-hmm. I've been working on some pendant lighting for the other cafe that I have a mural in
0: okay I feel like every time we switch a <laughs> subject there's like a new medium I'm like lighting that's oh, so cool yeah
1: it feels like some of my like industrial design backgrounds getting mm. put to use and then what else oh I'm working on a couple commissions for people like portrait commissions I'm trying to develop, like, some puzzles with my artwork on them. We'll see how that goes. And then just preparing for, like, holiday markets. I feel like there's one other thing.
0: I feel like as a freelancer, the (laughs) list just, like, is longer and longer.
1: (laughs) Oh, I guess with the lighting, like, I want to create some of my own, like, flat pack lighting Mm,
0: that people can buy. That's super cool, yeah. yeah. Well, so many things to look forward in the future. Do you want to give a little shout out to all your handles, where people can find you?
1: Yeah, thank you. So on Instagram, I'm at nitra.studio, and Nitra is spelled N-A-I-C-H-A, and then my website is www.nitra.studio um I think pretty much everywhere it's like studio or NYCHA underscore studio so
0: she loves milk tea I guess yeah
1: I okay I made that name in high school oh it survived <laughs> yeah, now. so I started an Etsy shop in high school I was like oh like I'm an artist and it just kind of stuck so
0: yeah no yeah. I love it <laughs> but yeah thank you again for coming on the podcast
1: thank you thanks for having me
0: And that wraps up our First Guest podcast. Thank you so much to Liliana for coming over, sipping some tea together, spilling some tea about the creative industry, and I'll link all her stuff below as well as all the artists she mentioned. Um, The next episode will be releasing next week. We're on a weekly schedule until the fourth episode and then we'll switch to bi-weekly. So again, thank y'all so much for your support and I'll talk to you next week. Have a wonderful day.